So we're reading from um, Colossians 3 and verses 1 to 17. Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not of the things of earth, for you, you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. So put to death the sin, sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. Because these sins, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice behaviour, slander, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, but barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, and which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. We continue in our worship as uh, we listen to God's word now. Um, I just felt it was appropriate that we continue with the same kind of spirit that we took off last Sunday and don't rush it. So it was the idea that Paul is writing to the Colossians, this church that he has not met before, but he's very passionate because they have found faith in Jesus. They've encountered God's grace. They've encountered the new life that the gospel gives them. And now, somehow, they've been interrupted, whether by some ideology or philosoph philosophical thought or something that actually is not suited with the gospel, or they've been encouraged to go back to their religious roots where they've come from. And Paul says, no, no, wait a moment. <laughs> you've, 
you've risen with Christ. You've been given this life with Christ. There is no need for you to, to go back to those things. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your lives. So that's the tone that the chapter 3 starts on. And in one sense, this new life in Jesus then is, is really reflected in the body of the believers. It's reflected in the way that we have fellowship with one another. It's great that, that Ruth reminded us of that word of Christ, because that word of God, because that's what Paul is saying, let the, the word of Jesus dwell richly among you. So with that, with that tone, I think I want to, to, to have another opportunity today. And I am, I am aware that last week I talked a little bit about the example of the, uh, my wardrobe. How many of you have been to a charity shop this week? You've looked at your wardrobe and you think this is, needs to go. Sharon, thank you. Anybody else who, who's got the guts to raise their hands? I've got the confession. I, I said to Ruth, I said, I better be doing something about this so I can go with empty coat hangers on Sunday, you know, but I'm not managed yet. But the whole idea is that the, the, the reason why I brought that analogy is that actually Paul is saying, get rid of the stuff that poisons your soul. Get an axe and cut it off. Get rid of it. And embrace the new life that you've got in Jesus. So what Paul is saying here is that when you've come to Christ, that you not just give up a few bad vices and you accept a few good virtues. Elsewhere in Corinthians, he says, hey, the old has passed. The new has begun. And it's very interesting here how Paul makes sure that this gospel is making, uh, bringing transformation and it's visible, the new life that Jesus gives. Because actually, as we can see in this passage, the gospel breaks man-made walls. The gospel breaks the presumptions of any special entitlement, whether because you've been part of a religious group, whether you've been part of a particular race, whether you've been part of a particular ideology, the gospel breaks the good news of Jesus. As we said in the covenant, we said that we believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring good news to the poor, to the oppressed, to be people of peace. But the gospel also breaks down walls of any private or public things. So when Paul is saying, kill the things that 
impact your soul, he's saying, hey, let's allow the new life of the risen Christ to take a hold of, of that and give you new life. So this is not about repara- re- repairing the old. It's, it's brand new. This is what we've got in Jesus. Because the gospel message offers a new life. I've written here, the gospel offers a new life, and the process that is described here is not a matter of gradually changing the old into something better, but the gospel makes the new life a reality, actualizing the already existing new creation. So this is not about gradually ranking up the virtues that we have as people. It's about this is the gospel and the gospel is transforming, is life-giving. And we've got that in Jesus. And Jesus is offering us this new life because actually if we have been raised with Christ then we are part of this new life. But if we've been graced with Christ also, we need to realize that Christ is our Lord and our Savior. It's part of the gospel message. You come to accept him. You come to know him as your Lord and Savior. And what Paul is trying to say to the Colossians and probably I'll extend that to myself and to you this morning, is that the Lordship of Christ is not a matter of convenience. You can't opt in and out when it suits you. It's whether Jesus is Lord or not, because that's what we see in in verse 13. What matters Sorry, I, I lost it. Um, so it's verse 11. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. I love the way that you put it, Ruth, when you shared the testimony about the drama. That, that interaction and a dialogue with Jesus and Mary and that proclamation, he is alive, he is alive, he is risen. Christ's lordship, which is part of the gospel message, which comes with the package when we come to know him, is not a matter of suiting me today and not suiting me tomorrow. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I need to come to that place of saying, you are my Lord over this particular situation. If we want to talk and be pernickety, but you are my Lord over all my spheres of life. 
And part of the new life is to allow Christ's lordship to be over. But where do we find the power to live this new life? It's very clear. It's very clear in the passage. Having been raised with Christ, we have this new life. So the power comes from the one who has raised Jesus for the dead. And aren't you and me so blessed to be the participants of the promise of Jesus when he said to his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send you the Holy Spirit, the helper, the sanctifier, the enabler, the power that resurrected Jesus from the dead. So do you see what we've got as a package of following Christ that we can embrace that power of the Holy Spirit? So that means that no activity can fall outside Christ's lordship for any follower of Jesus. So that means that when that verse 16 speaks to the Colossians, it comes to us as well. Let the word of Christ in his, sorry, words of Christ is plural, in all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. But Christ's words not only makes us wise, and gives us wisdom, but also it causes us to worship. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful heart. Thank you, Ruth, again for prompting us today that sense of gratitude to God for allowing us to be part of this church family for allowing us to, to experience him through the lows and the highs of life. So what I would like to do now is that we said last week that it's a little bit about initiative and it's a little bit about us creating that culture. So if we're going to talk a little bit about the word of Christ dwelling in rich and enriching us, if we're going to talk about the spirit of God being in our midst. Have we got anybody here that has got a word from God's word that he or she feel that we, or sense that we as a congregation need to listen to? Apart from what Ruth shared and, and others have shared in the beginning. We're at the word now. so. We've not moved yet to the praise, so you might think of a song as well. But, uh... Serena, yeah? Forgiveness, yeah? Forgiveness. 
get God's forgiveness. And I, I've said it in the past that we all struggle with God's forgiveness. And sometimes we are less forgiving to ourselves than God is. And yet we've been invited that because we have been risen with Christ, we embrace that new life. Anybody has got any verse or any particular scripture passage that they want to encourage us and infuse the wisdom and the counsel to each other? Catherine. Bear with me, because we've got people on Zoom as well, so. Yeah, the verse that just came to me was, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And um, yeah, I don't need to expand. It's very profound. Those who hope in the Lord will have their strength renewed. Alan, but we need people on Zoom need to listen as well. Sorry, thank you. Thank you. Uh, climate change. On the radio last Sunday, the preacher said we need all the technologies and the government and the activists, but we won't solve it until we approach it with mourning and sacrifice. And, and fasting, sorry. Mourning, weeping and fasting is the way we must approach climate change. Thank you. Jill. And perhaps there are people on Zoom. If you can let your Zoom, that one of the Zoom masters, they can give you the microphone as well. The word that came to me recently, just three little sentences. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And that's really stuck with me recently. Joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. It's in Romans. Thank you, Jill. John. The, the, the uh, scripture that comes to my mind is just simply, and the truth will set you free. And it is completely countercultural to this world, but praise God, we have a relationship with Jesus. And as our sister was talking about forgiveness, etc., and everybody has talked about Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. And he sets us free. 
and I just look back on my life with what Ruth has testified today, I was bound. Before I met Jesus Christ as my friend, my master and my saviour, I was bound and he set me free. Praise God. And I thank you for your leadership, Marky, and meeting Jesus and the people here. So I thank you for the brothers and sisters here. Thank you, John. The truth will set you free because you have been risen with Christ. It doesn't make sense to be other than that. Otherwise, it doesn't. It's part of what comes with Jesus and his gospel. The early church had different examples. Acts 2.42, when they went around people's homes, they shared everything together, they prayed, they were committed to the teaching of the scriptures. As Corinthians, Paul addresses the church in Corinth saying, hey, bring a hymn, bring a word of instruction, bring revelation. Here in Colossians, we've got the teaching and admonition that comes and is centered in the word of Christ. But also there is that element of singing and praise. Because our mouths cannot be kept shut if we're experiencing this new life. And that's what we do when we praise God. We declare our response to his love and the new life that he's given us. It's praise and worship because he is the only one who's due our praise and our worship. So, anybody has got a song? Let's put Jenny on the spot. <laughs> anybody has got any song? J Jenny has chosen a, 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 a brilliant song to finish the service with. But uh, has anyone got any praise or thanksgiving? Let's put the Zoom masters on the spot as well. Yes, Sue? In Christ alone, my hope is found. In Christ alone, my hope is found. 